0: Hey guys, welcome back to Country Friday Otaku. It's another week, and Steve and Trey, a couple of good old Texas boys, are here to talk about anime and video games. We will be covering our usual topics of what we've been playing and what we've been watching, and we're going to be covering the main topic of the Spring 2020 animes that we've checked out so far. So look forward to that, and we'll go ahead and you know get started with our usual topics. Trey, what have you been playing lately?
1: Whew, so I've, I have unfortunately... Gone back to my old ways of flipping through games, and uh, apart from playing Pokemon Crystal, which uh, I'm still 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 in there, me and Totodile are staying strong. Um, I've I've decided to quit on Y2K, a postmodern RPG. It is what I've realized to be a Paper Mario RPG clone. And uh, long story short, I've come across a couple enemies at a point where I'm at and you kind of just have to if you're familiar with the paper mario formula you attack and you have to attack in sequences you have to time everything right but in y2k it's a little bit less forgiving and it doesn't quite have the charm that paper mario has and once i got that in my head i wasn't enjoying it as much so i went ahead and just dropped it and i was like ah i'd rather just play paper mario now that i have this (laughs) <laughs> this seed planted, like man, you know, a Thousand Year Door really sounds good right about now. Apart from that, I went ahead and dropped it and I downloaded Agony, which was a game from I think last year or the year before. And I was really excited about playing Agony because it looks like this hellscape survival game where, or maybe not survival, but hopefully a walking sim. And it is, uh, it's not, it's actually a, a pretty shitty game that i played i my wife actually sat there and watched me play for the quite a bit, bu- uh quite not quite a bit we'll say maybe two hours is what i gave it and during the first 30 minutes she said why is this game so ugly and after she said <laughs> that i realized that this game looks like xbox 360 dante's inferno and that's no disrespect to dante's inferno i, I really liked it and it it's good for that time but this PS4 game should not look like that, and it didn't get better, and I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand why it was ugly, and the more I started playing, I realized just I didn't I didn't know anything. There wasn't a lot that was given to me. I was chasing this red goddess succubi for something, and I, I just wasn't enjoying it. And I'm glad I didn't pay full price, so I just went ahead and undownloaded it, and I downloaded Bioshock. <laughs> And as of 10 minutes ago, I'm going to delete it because I'm not going to play it, not because I don't want to, but everyone in our friend group has now convinced me to play Final Fantasy 7, which I thought I was going to be adamant about and not play for a while, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump it up. So that's good. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Good. <laughs> you really need to. Uh, don't get me wrong. Bioshock is a fantastic game. I, I personally enjoy the first one a lot. Uh, and the other ones were pretty fun, too. But I really have great memories of the first one, especially with the story and you know, the twists and turns and the actual gameplay is a lot of fun. But Final Fantasy Seven remake, it, you need to be playing that right now, especially if you're you've been eager to experience the story and especially since it's also got a great system to it that I think you're gonna enjoy from the get go. And if you don't if you don't want the Discord to end up spoiling a couple moments for you, I'd definitely get on that bad boy.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do it, dude. It's it might as well be worth it. I'm, I'm excited for it either way. I, I plan on doing it, and I'll just go ahead and do it. And apart from that, I'm streaming Arkham Knight. And this has been a, a big conclusion for my Arkham trilogy of years of streaming now. This is my third year streaming and my third Arkham game to stream. And I normally do it every summer. So well, I finally got started on that, and I've been excited for it. So that's where I'm at, Steven. What are, what are you playing?
0: Oh, uh... I'm kind of sticking to a lot of the same things I have been playing so far. That's Uh, You you know, I've played some uh, Pokemon Sword and made a little more progress, a little more leveling up. I'm taking my sweet time. Yeah, you better. I'm, I'm hoping to put a little more time into it once I finish up Final Fantasy VII Remake because that is pretty much what has been absorbing my time. I absolutely adore the battle system. It's just fun to play. And it looks beautiful. There's all kinds of details to the game and and I like that it doesn't stick to one thing too much. Like, a good example of this is, you know, the side quests in the game. You, you There's not a ton of them. They don't overwhelm you with a bunch of uh, chores. And, yeah, while the side quests aren't exactly the most inspired or story-driven, they're still a fun way to get optional bosses, get extra materia, and just extra items in general. And I, I think it kind of fleshes out a few moments in the game. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. But... The story is really engaging. What they've expanded on is enjoyable uh, and enlightening. And it definitely ingratiates you to the characters a lot more. And it's also really cool because of all the nuance in the game. You get to see the evolution of the characters as it continues on. So that is primarily what I've been playing. But I also did something absolutely crazy. And I pulled out my Vita again. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, So
1: that's cool. You.
0: You introduced me to Sacred Symbols uh, PlayStation podcast, mm-hmm. which is hosted by Colin Moriarty and uh, his friend that escapes my Chris my, where uh, are you uh, going? Thank you. Yeah. And he, Colin is always talking about playing his Vita lately in some of the episodes, and it just got into my brain, so I decided to pull out my. PS Vita and see what I have on there, and lo and behold, I have Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which a lot of people consider one of the best handheld RPGs in a long time. It's actually uh, set in the same world as Trails of Cold Steel, Uh, but it's more kind of like traditionally, you know, 2D affair and uh, older style, so I'm really eager to get, get into that. So I charged it up, and thankfully after an entire night of fussing with the Wi-Fi and and downloading everything i can now play it i will start it soon
1: (laughs) man i downloaded that from steam and i only got like 10 minutes in and something distracted i think i had it for a weekend and i brought my laptop with me somewhere and i thought i was gonna have a whole lot more free time and i was like you know what let me go ahead and start legends in the sky or legends of the sky and i i uh i haven't gotten to go back to it but i'm hoping they release some kind of bundle somewhere on a console so that i can play it somewhere else Cause i, I kind of don't want to play on my computer i'm not really a pc gamer and i don't i'm not entirely comfortable on there i'd rather have a, a controller in my hand so hopefully it's somewhere else soon I'd, I'd like to see it
0: somewhere i'm hoping but don't hold your breath this was a series that's well known for having like a massive script uh, even on the psp the first game was like a 60 70 hour experience not even counting some of the side stuff you can do there's lots of lots of story and lots of characters and things to do in the game. I remember starting it and I put about 10 hours in the game back... Way back in the day when I was playing PSP regularly. And there's so much to explore. There's, It's set in this world where there's kind of like this Braver Guild, I believe is what it's called. And then you get sent off on different jobs and you start getting involved in the world. And it's this whole spanning story. Because the first game is just the first chapter. And then the second game is... The second chapter, which got released on Vita and PC, and the last chapter, which is a third game in it, got released only on PC. And to give you an idea of how big these games are, the second chapter on PS Vita, when you download it, it downloads disc one and it downloads disc two.
1: Ooh. As
0: two separate games. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so these are these are time sinks. So, you know, with all the games I'm I'm throwing into the the ring lately apparently i'm really embracing the fact that i have nothing but time because i have ff7 remake i have pokemon legend of heroes trails in the sky and i've even messed around uh, a little bit with doom 2016 it's fun to kind of take a break and just shoot demons
1: oh yeah i'm sure it looks really fine but it's been so long for me to play a shooter. I, I'm sure I'm garbage. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll just stick to. That. Look, I'm
0: garbage too. Yeah. I really am. Uh, you know, some people say it's like really, uh, really solid experience. I miss the demons a lot of times, and I've died quite a bit on that game just for being shit at aiming, which is very much unlike me. I'm pretty good at games like Borderlands and, and other ones, and I seem to do okay there. But man, Doom is just giving me uh, a little bit of a challenge. It looks therapeutic in the sense of just
1: slaughter, but I think mm-hmm. for me I would want something like Hyrule Warriors if I want something to be therapeutic where I can just grab someone and just grab a sword and just go through and slaughter a ton of enemies with a sword. But to each their own in that in that aspect. That's that's just how I've seen and heard things.
0: Those dynasty warrior games are a lot of fun for just, you know, hacking and slashing and just enjoying the chaos.
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. I I loved High Rewards the first time I played it on my Wii U, and I thought about getting the uh, the whatever edition they have for the Switch now because I think all they did was add the Breath of the Wild versions of Link and Zelda. But it just looks clean, and it was really fun. I like all the characters, and I like playing as everyone. I'm I'm, I'm balls deep in the lore anyway, so I might
0: as well just tickle them again and get back in it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely adore the way you describe things because it just makes me feel wonderfully awkward. (laughs) I do do what I can. (laughs) Um, So are you watching
1: any new anime apart from the spring 2020 anime?
0: Um, I'm continuing my watch of Saber Marionette J, but I'm actually done with the original uh, J series. There's a small interim series called uh, J to X. And then there's... uh, No, hold on. Sorry. The interim one is, uh, so it Rainer R, I believe. And then Jada X is the sequel series. Mm-hmm. And I've been just kind of continuing on with that. And it's, it's really quite an engaging series. It's definitely, a you know, late nineties kind of experience. And man, you ever seen those, uh, kind of like infographics of anime designs throughout the years. And it shows the different designs of characters from like the eighties, nineties, early two thousands and so on. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is a perfect example of the very different design of anime characters in the 90s. The eyes are exceptionally large. It's The noses are not very defined. Um, it's got a lot of like goofy faces and things to go along with it. So I actually find it very enjoyable because the reaction faces are really fun and funny. And it makes it a little bit of a better experience for me. Uh, this is the reason why I liked uh, certain series recently... That have the same thing going on. I don't know if you ever saw what is it the uh, the resurrected hero is too cautious, or it's it's called cautious hero.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's on my it's on one of my lists somewhere. But yes, I do want to see it. Sorry, your question. No, I have not seen it, <laughs> but I do want to see it.
0: The goddess in that show has the most amazing facial expressions in reaction to the way he behaves in it. And it it's made me laugh out loud so many times. Uh, but yeah, I've primarily stuck to the Saber Marionette series so far, and then I went back and watched uh, some Naruto recently. I I like the uh, the episodes where he fights uh, Pain, though. Though there's some questionable animation in one of the episodes. What? Uh, Which one? Uh, Planetary what? devastation. It's yeah. it's the very like you know kinetic. Episode where it has all the weird facial expressions and everything's kind of squishy. Yeah, that's it's an amazing uh, episode. Uh,
1: what do you mean? It's so I didn't crazy. say it wasn't amazing, and it's not canon at all. I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> on, but it is it is so crazy how they're flying around this this water rock realm because it's not Earth wherever they're at. It's not real, <laughs>
0: but they're yeah, there's shit. a lot of just made up stuff around it all of a sudden. Yeah. And I, I just had to, I had to give a little bit of, you know, judgment towards the animation. I know they were trying to go for motion and stuff like that, but there were some really weird proportions in there. And it was noticeable going back and watching. It. I was like, oof, oof. yeah. But I still, funky. I still like the, it- the battle. I still like the battle. I like the moment where Naruto finally gets, you know, recognized by the, the village and like, and he gets to see it. And so many other elements of that storyline. Uh, spoilers, just in case I didn't say that earlier. Yeah, hang um, on. I
1: gotta pull my pants back up. I gotta... <laughs> God. <laughs> <sighs> That's
0: one of my favorites. I, I love watching
1: the second, the second he stabs Hinata, and just all the way up to him being on the rock at the end of the planetary devastation. It mm-hmm. is so goddamn good. I love it. And I mean, yeah, yeah where they, he's just
0: standing on the on the whole like uh, rounded rock, just staring at him in sage mode. Mm-hmm. I was like,
1: "That's awesome." Yeah, and I they goof paint's face that entire time. I don't I don't know why they did it. And I, I've I've started <laughs> watching. The, I think I've talked about it before. There's this guy on YouTube named Totally Not Mark, and he he does a lot of uh, analysis of Dragon Ball Z fight scenes, and he talks about different fight choreographers and designers. And they, they'll pull different guys to design different fight scenes throughout the shows and the movies. And I'd be interested to see if that's something that happened there. If this is a different guy that animated this scene. And if he did other ones. To see if there's some kind of correlation where you could see that happen. So that may actually be something I go look into.
0: But... Yeah, well, it's very reminiscent of the earlier episode in the original Naruto run. Where Sasuke is fighting uh, Orochimaru. For the first time and it's like very very kinetic animation there too and if you slow down the speed of the playback you get some pretty goofy faces on sasuke and them too hmm. uh i just th- i just think it's a lot more noticeable in the pain episodes so yeah okay but i enjoyed the story beat there and just like the character development and you know the emotional weight of hinata jumping in there it, it was it's something i like to go back and watch every once in a while so yeah that, but that's pretty much the gist of it before we get into the main topic how about you what what have you been watching that isn't spring 2020 anime you've basically been watching anime for like 72 hours straight haven't you
1: yeah i i pretty much i pretty much open and close my eyes to op's and it's i can't stop i <laughs> every time i close it's just bright colors uh so i've gone back to well first to start i, I watched and finished unexpectedly uh monster masume everyday life with monster girls and oh boy! it was, a uh, boy was it a trip It was really funny and really fun And I was, I was disappointed that it didn't go any further And I kind of hope that something happens with it at some point I, 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 I that's all I got
0: I, I wonder if it's kind of, uh, like with the manga The manga's still running And as far as I'm aware it continues on And it gets even racier Like it's it's a the great thing about Monster Musume is it is definitely an etchy show. It's you know kind of got like you know uh, that pervy humor, but it's funny and it's just it was one of the first monster girl series and it, it has the distinction of that. Like it always kind of blows me away that you have a series like Monster Musume, which is a little pervy and a lot of times these series get a bad rap, which in some cases is definitely understandable, but monster misume actually reviews really well with a lot of people and i actually thought it was an interesting story and it's definitely got a lot of funny moments in it that's for sure
1: yeah because apart from it's like really really <laughs> really pervy scenes like it was pretty wholesome <laughs> like there wasn't anybody i couldn't stand like it everyone was really likable in the whole show and I, I would have enjoyed seeing everyone develop, and maybe everyone get their own partner in the end. That would have been really neat. Maybe everyone be happy at some point. But the the guy himself, I don't even remember his. I think uh, I can't remember his name. I just I remember everyone by their species at this point. But he <laughs> he ends up becoming like a foster home for all these different species that are ambassadors of their own. So there's like a girl that's part snake, part spider, part bird, part slime, part there's all mm-hmm. different ones and they all come and live with him as part of a host family and they all end up falling in love it's a, it's a it ends up becoming a harem for him but did he, the centaur show up in the anime this yeah centaur centaur is one of the most prominent ones and yeah. uh she everyone has to or everyone's falling in love and he ends up having to choose someone to marry but in the anime he doesn't get to the point where he chooses it's it kind of leaves it a dead end like in the middle and that's the shame you never find out who so oh well and i binged that and only because it ended abruptly and then i went back to neon genesis evangelion and evangelion evangelion i don't i don't even know how to say it
0: but i say evangelion
1: that's all yeah n-g-e i like that and <laughs> I'm, i i'm i didn't ever lose interest but i'm back in it and i'm excited and there was a I think we talked about last time the synchronicity episode where she, she Shinji yeah. Shinji and Asuka have their have their episode where they have to bond and they do this sort of dance sequence to fight one of the angels and while they're training you just kind of see them live together and they they have to bond pretty much and while they were doing it they there was a moment where they were outside and the wind was blowing and there was a la- uh, laundry line above them and their hair was blowing in the wind. It was a really pretty scene. And I realized that that whole scene was prettier than most of the anime I watched for the spring 2020 anime. And I was like, <laughs> man, that's a that's interesting. but uh,
0: That's not a fair comparison though because what you're comparing is traditional hand-drawn cell animation uh, okay. with the digital uh, kind of... And that's the thing is uh, NGE was like, you know, this pet project. They put a lot of work into this. Uh, Gynex was, you know, still relatively new. NGE is what put them on the map and made them as popular as they were. So, really? And I don't, I don't know if you know this. Gynex was originally formed by a bunch of otaku that, you know, all met in college and basically, you know, formed this studio and started making their own anime uh actually uh the the ova otaku no video is kind of like semi-autobiographical and there's a lot more details to it but this is the one that they put a lot of love into you can see it in the detail of the cars the city all the backgrounds just and in every motion of the cells uh it's just a high quality series it's I'd actually say it's on par with anime movies now because they tend to put a lot more time and detail into anime movies these days. Mm-hmm. Whereas TV series are pumped out so fast and it's all on digital formats and these guys are paid next to freaking nothing to do this work each week. And so, yeah, uh, a lot of times, I don't know if you know about this practice, uh, the TV series as a broadcast has a lower animation standard than when the Blu-rays come out. So you'll get this whole, like, kind of like, you know, this is good enough for TV broadcast, and then when the Blu-rays come out, there's actually fixes and improvements on the animation uh, that's released to home video.
1: No, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. That.
0: Yeah, if you if you want to read about Studio Gynex and their rise and fall and just how it all works, there's a series of articles, long form articles, mind you, on AnimeNewsNetwork.com, and you can literally look it up. Basically, it's called. I believe it's called the Rise and Fall of Gynex, and I think there's four parts. And these articles are a good, solid, like half an hour read.
1: Man, I I may actually look into that. That's that's really interesting. I didn't know they were like everything was hand drawn like that, and it wasn't quite like that anymore. That's a shame that the standards like that at this point.
0: It's one of the reasons I'm still a huge fan of older animation to this day, is because I enjoy cell uh, animation quite a bit. Uh, you know, I've been super excited about the fact that they are releasing all of City Hunter on Blu-ray now, uh, through, I believe, Tech. And they just started releasing, I think they released season one, part one, and season one, part two. And then the 2019 movie, uh, Shinjuku Private Eyes, uh, which is basically a City Hunter movie animated in modern, uh, you know, style. And it apparently it looks pretty good. I actually, uh, just got that in today, as a matter of fact, so I'm gonna have to watch it tonight but i love that that old hand drawn animation so you th- see things like uh, super dimensional fortress macross uh, you know and then i have like Kimigori orange road uh, neon genesis evangelion there's tons of them that i just feel like there's a lot more detail and a lot more uh, you know emotion and things like that in the work Uh, I'm not saying that anything current is bad. There's actually plenty of really good series and really good movies, but I still am a huge fan of that that 1980s, 1990s era.
1: Yeah, no, I can agree. But a lot of the stuff I've enjoyed watching, too, is from that era. A lot of the mech anime that have been really good are from that era, withstanding anything that Studio Trigger puts out being a main competitor and most (laughs) Gundam series. I think
0: that's the only ones that try. Did you ever watch Gridman? Gridman. No, we've talked about Gridman, but I've never watched it. You definitely need to check that out. It's a it's a short series, so you can watch it in like a weekend. Uh, it's Studio Trigger as well. I enjoyed it. It's a uh, based off the uh, story that they brought over and turned into like what was it, uh, Cybernetic Samurai Squad or something? It was like a Sentai show, like way back in the day on like Fox or something. Whoa yeah it's uh yeah we'll have to we'll have to cover that in our personal time i'll make you sit down and watch it with me or something okay uh but uh so did you finish up uh, monthly girls nozaki-kun
1: uh i was gonna
0: stay positive Uh-oh. i was gonna i was gonna stay positive
1: <laughs> so i did finish monthly girls nozaki-kun me and my wife did and once it got to about episode 10 we realized that monthly girls nozaki-kun wasn't going anywhere and we were really hoping that they were going to make some romances happen and by the end of episode 12 the final episode it didn't uh there was no conclusion to any romances no one got together in the end it was nothing and i'm we enjoyed the series up to that point point. and i mean it was funny every character there is fleshed out and fun they're all enjoyable and great individuals but the guy doesn't care about romance even though he's a shoujo artist the girl still loves him even though he only he's a workaholic and that's all he does and he only uses people to make sure that he can keep working and it's just it wasn't what we wanted we wanted to watch a a romance but all we watched were people play around love and no one fall in love and it was it was, or not not no one fall in love but no no couple fall in love just people fall in love but no one reciprocated it was it was interesting and i didn't like it <laughs> i did not like the <laughs> conclusion and i cannot recommend it
0: uh well, uh well the the series is still going in manga form but i i have heard it referred to as the uh shippers troll the chippers troll shippers like oh like, you know Relationships. Yeah, they'll say, what the fuck is a chipper? But
1: Okay, yeah, that'll work. It left a pretty bad taste in my mouth, so I went to Monster Masume after that because I feel like that'd be a whole lot better taste. But anyway. Oh, <laughs> after that, I did you go. got You got deep into the hole. <laughs> I, instead of <laughs> treading around it, I just jumped right in. Uh, we yep. did start watching... We, we didn't even start. We, uh, we played with one episode of a show called I wanted to be a hero... Or I couldn't be a hero, so I reluctantly got a job and it was so oddly fan servicey and i know that's weird coming off a of monster masumi but it was so <laughs> oddly fan servicey and it was drawn in and I, I was i was describing it as like a precious moments type thing if you're familiar with the precious moments figures like oh, yeah. they have that kind of face to them and it just looks really weird and it makes you uncomfortable and we just didn't watch it we were like this is weird nah we'll find something else so we're we're still looking for another anime to watch
0: well in all fairness precious moments figurines and stuff like that make me feel uncomfortable regardless just yeah (laughs)
1: yeah Either way. I
0: Like, I don't know. I've never been okay with those guys, but they're popular to some people, so maybe that show does okay based on the Precious Moments fans. I don't know. Oh. But I'll have, I'm, like, slightly curious, so I might check this out just for possible train wreck status, because, as I said in the last episode, I, I love to look at things or play things that other people hate or, or don't recommend, so I, I'm a glutton for punishment.
1: Yeah, the first minute and a half were interesting, because it, it was a setup for the world itself and what it what it became, but after that, and they go into the shop of his job, it just got weird. But, yeah, that, that's all I got for anime. What have you been watching?
0: <clears throat> we just talked about... Oh,
1: I wanted uh, to ask yeah, you... Yeah, I already
0: talked to you. Did
1: you finish Inspector?
0: No, I haven't. I... Oof, I just stopped watching it somewhere along the way and i i need to go back and do that I, I, oh i know what happened i got really sucked into uh, peach Beach splash so i stopped watching it fuck yeah
1: absolutely not <laughs> so <work. laughs>
0: i gotta go back to it because i really love the series and it's really fascinating it just i got distracted that, that's all it is i can't say anything bad about the show it's not even like anything turned me off i just got distracted with sin kagura which is apt to happen
1: yeah oh it has that effect but that that sounds good. I guess with that, we can go ahead and get into our lineup, Stephen. You wanna you wanna walk us in?
0: All right. Yeah, definitely. I like walking stuff in. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and cover the spring twenty twenty anime season. We're only gonna cover a few series uh, out the gate. There's a lot of sequel series this season, but we're gonna try to hit some stuff that's brand new. Um, so what we're gonna start off with is actually probably the lesser. One like I let's go ahead and start with Digimon Twenty Twenty. Oh, so, so <laughs> okay. this is a reboot of the Digimon anime series. It, it's like it starts right from the beginning again. So you get uh, Tai Chi and and uh, God, what is what are the, I I've forgotten their names Izzy. already, which is just embarrassing. I just
1: call him Izzy because that's his that's his English name, but I don't remember his his uh, Japanese name.
0: Yeah, and so they they start this, this show and it, it gets right to it. you know bad stuff's happening. you know they get their their Digimon little units and they meet the Digimon in the in the the network, which is basically the internet and you know they start fighting viruses. but the stakes in this this uh, this first couple episodes just rise immediately. So you know I'm gonna use the English names because they are fairly easy to remember it is Izzy and Ty. Go off to, you know, figure out what's going on. And Ty ends up in the, the digital world fighting off some virus. And then he, you know, digivolves, you know, his Digimon. And then, you know, then they get overwhelmed. And they end up fighting bigger versions of it. And they digivolve again. And then they meet, you know, the so they stop a, a runaway sub, subway. In this first episode. Which is already like high stakes enough. It's like oh no. My sister and my mother are on this train. So we need to stop at some like, Well, Save them at the last second. By digivolving and beating the first thing. And then for some reason. It goes straight into something. Like a nuclear sub is being hijacked. And launches a missile at Japan. And they have to stop that. And for me. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed the general like high energy. Of the characters. I like the animation style. But man this story just. Freaking takes off like a jet engine and raises the stakes to ridiculous levels. Uh, I mean, what did, what was your impression from the get go? I wasn't happy with how Digimon
1: Adventures twenty twenty started off because if really? you're familiar, yeah, if you're familiar with the Digimon Adventure movie, you know what this is. This is the middle skit of the movie. The movie split up into three skits. You've got the opening where Ty and Kyrie first have an encounter with uh graymon and the parrot digimon the middle skit with ty and izzy fighting off diaboramon which is what's happening here and then you have the the big skit with harry and Terrymon and that's what this is it's a retelling of diaboramon but without any of the any of the flair the movie had it's just told in a really fast-paced two episode arc where it tries to introduce also a new audience to a new world. And so you kinda get the, the pacifier with it instead of the 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 no lube let's do it type way. And it's it it's really oddly paced. That I think that's why it's it's so high stakes. If you watch the movie, you already know what you're expecting. You know Ty and Izzy. You know the Digimon you and you know they go straight to their form but whenever you're watching the movie too the digimon itself the bad guy diaboramon he digivolves just like uh agumon does and i don't remember agumon's base form or not base baby mode I i don't know what it was called um but he evolves and he gets bigger and bigger that's why he goes from blacking out a station to the train to taking over a submarine and launching a missile is because he gets bigger and deadlier and he can he has more stakes to him the stakes rise with him because he's a virus that gets bigger and bigger and he takes over more and it it was so crazy seeing him go because ty couldn't handle it and all the other digimon and meeting matt and them kind of getting over their stuff in the movie was nuts it was really cool and then them fusing for omnimon was the shit but then OmniMon was like disrespected in this one, and I,
0: I didn't enjoy it. So, do you think it'd be a, a good introduction for for new younger fans? Though? I
1: I think I kind of think they should have just went for act for act for the old show. They should have just went straight to the camp. I don't. I mean, unless this is action packed enough for some people, but I I didn't enjoy this. This is the format they used or toy used for Dragon Ball Super, where there was a movie, they put it in an anime, and if people enjoy that, then cool. But, I mean, that's not something I like, but if it works out, and that's how they sell stuff, and it it hooks and keeps people going, and they just add shit into it, then great, it gives them fluff. But, I don't know. I I don't think it is. I, I think I'd rather see more characters, and, you know, maybe a little bit more digital world i guess i don't know i, I feel yeah that's
0: like... that's not even brought into the, the fray until the very end of the third episode if i recall correctly yeah
1: you, you all you get to see is the net where everyone's getting hacked into you don't even get to see the digital world yeah until scene three or episode three
0: and it's i don't know i am i i gotta call out also the the weird uh you know special kid mode of his younger sister kari like she's just staring at him and it, with these like dead eyes. It's like thanks, big brother. It's just yeah. such a jarring experience. Like she's got this weird like feather around her, and it's like she knows what's happening. But instead of being like a normal kid and like talking with her brother or anything, she just seems to just stare at things <laughs> like awkwardly. And I don't know if that's something she did in the. I watched this show so long ago. I don't even remember all the details. I remember enjoying the fun little adventures when I get to watch it, but. Uh, I never got super far into it uh, because I really kind of dropped off in high school because there were so many extracurricular activities. I just caught things here and there. And I feel like it'd be a pretty good intro. And I like the fact that the action was pretty well animated in in the net when they were battling. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll give them that. Oh, yeah. It looked
1: good. Whenever Agumon was firing off and then he evolved into Greymon, it looked great. But like the more and more I connected, like, wait, this is is the Diaboromon storyline that they're doing here every time they said something that that was from the movie, it just, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, R- really, that's what we're doing here. And that that's really all it was. And I, I'm trying my best to like not put nostalgia goggles on. Cause I don't, I don't want to do that. I, I think that that really takes away from the value of looking at something that's something else. Now It it's, it's no longer that old product, but I don't yeah. know. I feel like I'm, I'm losing that ability. So
0: I don't know. So that kind of wraps up Digimon there. And with that kind of momentum going, we're going to go ahead and talk about another new kind of kid-oriented series that I didn't really get to watch. So Trey's going to tell us about and it is a show called Shadowverse. Shadowverse is the
1: shit. And if you sleep on <laughs> Shadowverse, you are a shit. And don't get it twisted. But if if you've watched anything like Yu-Gi-Oh GX or Duel Masters from back in the day, if you remember anything like that, because that, that was a that was a real shot in the dark that I feel like a lot of people missed, then this is gonna this is probably gonna hit home for you. Uh, the main kid hero is one of those; he's kind of a generic protagonist, sort of really really upbeat, uh, positive kid. He he wants to do his best in all things, and he's always looking at the bright side. But he has this kind of like flair to him. I guess probably because his hair is red actually but he (laughs) he has this like kind of good energy about him and as he as he's going to this academy that's i guess it's just his school but everyone plays a shadowverse game which is a real game on your phone i'm sure everyone's seen the ads for it but uh shadowverse is uh it's kind of like hearthstone if you've ever played hearthstone if not it's a it's a really simple game of 40 deck cards where each card uh, has a attack, a defense and a special ability. Normally they have an ability that you just strategize with it. Every card has a class. Uh, normally it's like dragon craft or uh, vampire craft, fairy craft. I'm trying to remember the other ones. There's, there's quite a few. Cause I've been trying to learn it myself and it's really fun, but he, he goes through these, I think there's only two episodes out right now that I watched and it was, it's, it's just fun. It's energetic. It's a good card, fun game. Uh, kid in an academy they go to these tournaments and he he finds out there's people stronger than him he wants to play and be the best and someone gives him this phone so he can start playing the game and he doesn't know who it is but his grandpa knows and so it's just a little mystery to kind of keep you going what's going on while they're still playing the game and it's really energetic if you if you've ever watched uh duel masters then this may hit home for you but uh, you would know that every time that those guys would summon their big bad creature from their deck there'd be 3d models come out the cards and they'd fight and that's exactly what happens here they they summon their 3d models and they fight and but other than that it's all animated like Yu-Gi-Oh. and uh jaden from Yu-Gi-Oh gx is really reminiscent here too with how he is and how he's always calm and cool-headed or positive and it's it's just great it I really enjoyed the series from what I watched and it's definitely one of my top ones from the ones i binged so far.
0: So you have a, a general setup of kind of a plucky, positive hero, uh, gets started with the game and and is faces off against some few early challengers. You kind of learn his friends around him uh, very much in the, the vein of Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like you got a main character. There's a game that everybody plays. He, he's very plucky, very positive for the most part. Has some fun friends around him. And he fights, you know, probably his main rival. I would imagine.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. I think Pretty there's on. one of those to be his main rival, but I, I think it's, I think it's gonna be a little more. Uh, just, uh, I didn't want to say Yu Gi Oh because I don't think there's gonna be any, any mystery like Yu Gi Oh has, where it's like some kind of overarching millennial puzzle piece or anything like that. I think there may be, like, some gang-related activity, but I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> gang-related activity. I don't really quite know where it's going. So. so
0: so it's so early on that you have no real established idea of where the overall story is going. It's just Plucky Hero plays card games with friends.
1: Yeah, and and the theme song, they show, like, four, or I think it's, like, six or eight kids that represent all the eight classes that they play as. But they haven't shown oh, an cool. established bad guy yet. Like... One kid, one kitty fights. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Vegeta to to the Goku here, and I'm just I'm just not sure. It's still early on, like you're saying, so we'll see. I, I'm excited to get into another card anime. I feel like watching Yu-Gi-Oh growing up was always really fun. Every episode, they they start playing the cards and. It's like, oh, my God, he summoned Dark Magician this turn. But but Kaiba has 12 blue eyes on that field. How the fuck's Yugi getting out of this one? And <laughs> you just got to wait until next week and see what he's going to do. And it it's always so fun. There's stakes, and it, it moves so fast, too. So I'm excited to see it.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad that kids are definitely going to enjoy this, and those of us that enjoy that sort of uh, series as well are going to get something out of it. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the next show uh, this one is one I mentioned in a previous episode. It's called, My Next Life is a Villainess. All Roots Lead to Doom. And the general idea is that this girl, who's this spoiled princess girl, she's like a little girl, and she falls and hits her head. And she basically figures out that she used to be this kind of shut-in otaku uh, girl who played a lot of Otome games, which is kind of like a dating game, but the protagonist is female, and the Guys you date, or, you know, it's guys you date, not girls. And she realizes that she's been put in the role of the character that's the villain. And bad things happen to her in the story that she recognizes. So she starts to try to figure out how to prevent that. And so she starts out as a kid basically trying to figure out how to avoid setting up scenarios that end up being the actual game as she knows it with the bad end for herself. So this leads to some really hilarious moments where the uh, spoiled princess all of a sudden has a, a deep personality change uh, to what it amounts to you know a Japanese girl who's was obsessed with romance novels and Ot- otome games and trying to figure out how not to die or get exiled and there's these great moments in this show because uh, she you know meets uh, one of the princes and. She starts trying to figure out how to make herself stronger in magic and starts practicing the sword and she starts a garden and she starts to meet basically the kid forms of all the main guys and she sees all these flags as she's going through this that lead to her having a bad time later. So she has these internal monologues where she has like five different little versions of her character that all have a different personality type. I think there's like a studious one. And there's like the head of the council, and there's like a really happy-go-lucky one, and so forth and so on. And they all sit there in the circle talking about how to handle the situation in hilarious, hijinky kind of way. And it ends up being really funny a lot of times, but it's also deeply interesting because it's an isekai series that really kind of reimagines the journal idea. It's not a hero thing. It's you know, you're not all powerful like you know power trip fantasy. It's just this girl trying to prevent her inevitable doom in a world that she knows and and adjusting to it at the same time. And there's some really hilarious jokes and fun moments in there. But you get introduced to, to her and I can't say enough good things about this show. It's beautifully animated. I like the fact that it doesn't rush straight to the adult section of the uh, the storyline. Um, you get to see them as kids and you get to learn the different personalities of all the characters and just see how she goes about solving it in hilarious ways, and it's it does ne- it never takes itself too seriously, and I absolutely adore that. And every single character is just a joy to see on the screen, and I I can't say it. it's probably my favorite show this season, honestly. Yeah, it's it's
1: definitely one of the contenders because it's really fun, and I, I agree that I'm glad it didn't go straight into the adult years. I think it did a really good job of setting everyone up and introducing every different character and how they play into this Atome game. Because every time they show a new character, she, she takes a minute, she meets them, she's like, oh, I really like them. And then it's, she's like, oh, shit, this is who they were. And it's like, oh, no, they can kill me if this happens. And then she realizes how she has to change that, that path and how she has to butterfly effect her way out of this one. And it, it's really neat how she's having an, a, this, this change on this world and she's already affecting all these people. Because at the end of the third episode that's already out, it's, it's already a changed world completely. And you can mm-hmm. see that by the end. And it's really cool. And I, I really want to see the main girl come in and see how that changes everything for her and what it really means for the world. Because I'm invested in her story,
0: yeah, I uh, I would I'm really ex- excited to see how it plays out once the the you know quote unquote protagonist of the game shows up. I believe her name is Maria, and uh, the main character in this series is Katarina, and she's supposed to be like the, this horrible bully to to Maria in the game, and so she's trying to prevent this. And she I I love the absolute just crazy personality change on Katarina's part. Because she essentially goes from a spoiled, noble kid to this, you know, very down-to-earth Japanese girl. And starts getting into all kinds of goofy hijinks that are not like a noble. So she has to kind of figure out the right balance. Like, she stuffs her face at, at you know, tea parties with uh, with sweets. And then, like, has stomach issues and has to run off. And, uh, you know, she ends up having her, her like, uh, adopted brother. And she sees the, the situation going downhill. So she does something absolutely... Rash and, like, chops down the door to get to him so he doesn't become, like, a shut-in and exactly like the game's character, uh, which leads to her doom, of course. And I, I just love the fact that the mom is constantly getting angry at her because she likes to climb trees and stuff, and so she has to hide the fact that she climbs trees because her mom will find her, and they do this hilarious scene where she, you know, has a funny face and is, like, shaking her fist at her. And I, it's, it's just got a lot of personality, and... It's easy to get sucked in and all of a sudden realize, oh, that episode's over. I, I guess I have to wait another week. And that's always unfortunate. Uh, it does go really fast. Uh, and, man, I'm trying to think of something I do not like about this show. And, uh, you know, you know, you, you sometimes have some nitpicks. And um, I'd say outside, outside of basically a, a couple characters not being really well expanded yet and having not much of a personality per se but that's also a matter of time in a lot of these stories so it's kind of hard to to really judge it based on three episodes but i can recommend it to pretty much everybody that enjoys a really good fun and interesting anime it's my main pick
1: i can second that i have already recommended it to a couple people that it's probably my favorite if you don't like shadowverse or card anime then I, I really recommend my life as a villainous <laughs> all routes to do as well. <laughs> You're really into Shadowverse, aren't you? That shit that shit has me hyped. <laughs> Alright,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna go after we're done with our recording today, I'm gonna go watch those episodes and play Shadowverse on my phone can you, do you, I'll, I'll text you my friend code <laughs> all right you got it all right so moving on uh, what else do we have here oh well we we talked about this being a, a sort of isekai series so let's go ahead and go into the next isekai series that's new this season and that is uh the eighth son are you kidding me uh, which is <laughs> yeah T- trey is not a fan <laughs> Uh, and we'll get into why uh, But the eighth son Are you kidding me Is essentially about this uh, You know Office salary man Who dies And is resurrected As uh, Part of a noble family But he's the eighth son In the family it Turns out their noble family Is actually quite poor Despite His first impressions From Essentially Waking up as this Member of a family And then he You know beca- He learns a little bit About the world And then he becomes The apprentice of some wizard In the forest Because apparently He has magic powers And then he, you know, tries to, yeah, he he has the strongest magic powers in pretty much history. And then he finds out, you know, his brother's worried about succession uh, disputes, so he kind of tries to hide his abilities, and he decides to go be an adventurer at the Adventurers Academy. And uh, while I enjoy, so that's literally The strongest adventurer at the Adventurers Academy. Yeah, he's literally the strongest guy. Of course, he's also an awkward kid, and he does, he's trying to figure out how to communicate with everybody. And everybody's trying to impress him, but he doesn't. He's not aware. The I actually think that, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that you see, and that's in the third episode is when he goes to that. And I think that was actually a pretty funny uh, bit of you know situational comedy in there. But it also went on a little too long, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'd say the first two episodes are primarily world building. You kind of you kind of get the idea of like what kind of world he's in. And he learns magic, and so it's the impetus for the rest of the series. But I have to say, I am deeply unimpressed so far. It's really kind of boring and uninspired. Like uh, I'm going to keep watching it in hopes that it gets a little bit better, but I mean, it jumps from one thing to another really quickly.
1: Yeah, i I don't, I'm just not having a good time. Like, I, I really expected this to be a funny show. Because with, with a title like The Eighth Son," are you kidding me? You expect to hear, like, a laugh track. And I haven't really laughed. I haven't really giggled or anything at this one. And as everything goes on with it, and it just... It, it kind of sets, like, a theme of tragic as it, as it carries on. And with his mentor dying and, you know, loneliness and... I'm never – I don't I don't know because once they start investing – not investing, introducing all the other kids, they're like, oh, we're, we're just kids. of, we're, we're the fourth, fifth, and sixth kids in all families, and it's like, oh, man, all these poor kids and their, their big families, and it's just sad. But I don't know. I'm, I, I just wasn't having a good time. It's just a really bland, generic world for me, and I'm just – I don't know. I kind of wish they would have expanded with the mentor a little bit more and had a couple more episodes with him because when they show that he's going to die, it's because he's this time or he's like a zombie kind of. Mm -hmm. And he he, he's a really strong wizard. He wants to pass on his powers to a mentee, but he only has so much time. And if that could have been elaborated a little bit more, maybe it could have been a more meaningful death, but he died. I, I didn't I didn't feel anything. Like I would have rather read Aragon again and, and witnessed that because at least that that would have done something for me.
0: but it's I don't know. I just everything's just really rushed to me. Yeah. It's a it ends up being a, a power fantasy type series and it, it's like they start world building in the beginning and don't ever stick to anything. It's like you know he's a kid then he starts learning wizard stuff and then but he only spends two weeks with the the wizard training and then apparently he knows magic and then it jumps into the adventurers academy and it's like then it's like oh now he's got a party and then he finds out he he's inherited his master's estate which is this giant mansion and he has all the money now the richest yeah he's got a giant mansion which has plenty of room for all of his new friends he has Unlimited money. He apparently now has, uh, you know, some kind of status in the kingdom that he's in, which, whereas in his hometown, he's the Eight Sonny, so he has none. And he's also one of the most powerful wizards or has the most magic power, uh, you know, available to him in history, even more so than his masters. So he's literally been handed everything to him. And I just don't know where you go to with that. And especially when you haven't explored anything more in depth, I mean, you don't even, you know, learn. The details with the master are really basic. It's just hard to get attached to anybody, and the
1: eighth son meaning nothing, and it's all, it's all just, it's a lot to not take in. So, I yeah, was, uh... and it, like, what about
0: his experiences in Japan? Like, how, like yeah. I think the most he does with the information he knows from the, uh, from his home world is he makes shiso pepper and discovers wasabi out in the wild.
1: Yeah, I. Yeah, it's
0: it's such a weird thing.
1: It's it's a it's a no for me. I do yeah. not recommend this one. I'd uh, I'd go watch Monster Masume again before I probably finish
0: Eighth Son. Which actually you know, is- I, I'm a glutton for punishment, so I'll probably finish it. And may, maybe it'll impress me somewhere along the way. But so far, there are other Power Fantasy Isekai series that are much better paced and more interesting. And actually, so far, even any kind of action that's happened, which there isn't much, is really just not exciting. So you, you can find a better choice across the board, but... Maybe it'll change. Well, you'll find out in future episodes when I'm asked what I'm watching.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see who sticks. Um, now, for the last one, and probably, I don't know if I'd say the most interesting, but it's really interesting, and that's Tower of God.
0: Oh, yeah. Tower of God. Uh, Tower of God. Um, so, Tower of God is a Crunchyroll exclusive in partnership with Line Webtoons and it is based off of a Korean manhwa that's been running for quite a while now, and it's it's, okay, so I love the animation in this series I also like the characters once they're introduced, but it, it has it has Tarantino effect, where basically you are thrown into this story from the get-go with not a lot of back, back knowledge so you learn bits as you go, so it can be very jarring if you're not used to that story kind of setup. A lot of, uh A lot of webtoons do that in my experience from reading them. Maybe not all of them, but a good chunk of them do. But if you can get past the initial, you know, just sudden everything starts, this show's fun. And it's got a lot of really interesting kind of beats to it so far. Um, So give me a rundown of of the main kind of plot line as far as you kind of absorbed.
1: So you start off with this kid Bam and Rachel. Uh, Rachel is a girl who wants to climb this Tower of God which is supposed to be able to grant you a wish as long as you can get to the top of the tower. And Rachel's wish is that she just wants to see the stars. And Bam's Bam is the guy. Uh, Bam just wants to be with Rachel. Um, And as you find out, Rachel and Bam have never seen the stars or the sky for whatever reason. And Rachel has Bam indebted to her for coming out of or busting him out of a cave for some reason but we we don't really get to see any more into that that's just kind of where we're at in the story so far now they rachel decides to climb this tower against bam's wishes and bam goes ahead and goes to the tower too just so he can see rachel because that's really all he wants to do his wish is to be with rachel and find her so they end up going into the tower at separate times she's uh she's ahead of him uh, supposedly. So they they have to go through these trials, kind of climb up the tower level by level. And they find out that Bam is a, a regular, which just kind of means he's a little bit special. He doesn't really abide by many of the normal rules that everyone has. And while they're climbing this tower, they meet a guy named, or a guy that's titled Ranker, which is someone that's beaten the tower and that means he's gotten his wish. Uh, he's someone that kind of helps regulate the tower and the people that go through it. And you find out there's an entire ecosystem within this tower of people that live in it somehow, and they they don't really <laughs> elaborate more into it. But I guess there's people that like they, they just live there, and I don't I didn't really understand it. I kind of hope they go into it because I kind of want to know if like they have electricity, if they pull stuff from. I, I don't know. Those did you raised, uh, get
0: to the third episode?
1: Yeah, but it I don't know. I, I don't I don't remember it answering my questions
0: so this series this is a thing that happens uh, in some other webtoons i've read as well they'll kind of throw information in little dialogue moments and it, it, there's not much expanded upon it um, um for instance like you know everybody's taking a test various tests to get the right to climb the tower they haven't even gotten to the tower yet yeah um, and, so it reminds me a lot of Hunter x Hunter, because it's that same concept. There's a whole lot of people doing this test, all with different kind of personality quirks and different skills and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you have, like, Lizard Whip Girl, and you have the Samurai guy, and then you have a, like, basically like a Dragonborn kind of character named Rack, who's just obsessed with hunting. Uh, you got kind of like assassin-looking guy named Kuhn. You have Bam, who is given a, you know, like, royalty-based... Super sword by this princess that meets him in the first trial coincidentally and she just you know gives it to him. Hopefully there's more to it than that, but they haven't gotten to that plot point. So, you know, he's going through and meeting these people and passing the tests in varying ways as they continue on But they you know, he sits down and talks with this ranker at one point in one of the episodes, and he literally says in the span of about two sentences, you know, people live on the outside of the tower. And then there's the inside of the tower. And then the rankers and the royalty live at the top of the tower. And it's just like that three details. And then it moves on with the story. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like you really have to pay attention to when they share information. And and it's it's very cagey. I, I love it. I love the kind of weird sort of kind of like rough animation it has. Like it looks like it's drawn roughly but it's uh it's it's been pretty action-packed people die like i I thought that was cool Is it did not hesitate it it did not hesitate to start killing people oh there's slaughter oh it's great it is whenever
1: shit starts moving it is it is it's wonderful i can't wait for some more one-on-one fight scenes i'm i'm ready for some more that at the in the third episode they actually have um some king of the hill type action where they they start introducing a little bit more focused fights and it was really cool seeing this lizard whip girl start doing her thing because was, she was great at it and it was cool.
0: I'm a huge fan of Rack, the kind of like scaly monster that is obsessed with hunting. He calls them turtles all the time. You know, Bam has black hair and Coon has, uh, I guess, uh, blue hair, or at least a blue streak. And he calls them black turtle and, and, and blue turtle. And they end up forcing him to become part of their team at one point in one of the tests. And they end up kind of tagging along in a fun, humorous way. And, like, they feed him a chocolate bar. And he gets these this really kind of funny, sort of simple dinosaur kind of look to him. Yeah. And he demands that he continues to feed him chocolate bars. And there's a whole scene where they're having a serious discussion. And in the background, is rack just eating this pile of chocolate bars and looking goofy as hell. It's just so funny. Yeah, Rack
1: uh, is a he's he's a great character so far. I, I'm really enjoying him. And there's another guy named She Sweeby and he's like a he's like a Rock Lee type character where it doesn't look like he has any powers, but he talks about being a great martial artist. And I'm really hoping he has some good shit up his sleeves. I'm 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 wanting to see him fight. He's the guy in the tracksuit but yeah uh, he's he
0: like does the bruce lee moves and everything
1: yeah we'll see if he's actually got it but
0: uh, so i i'd have to say overall while this story is still kind of wrapped in mystery and i you know i prefer a more linear experience and traditionally the characters are really selling this show i mean like the the characters that have been established are just enjoyable to watch and it makes you really interested in seeing how they progress through, how they interact with each other, because there's going to come a point, I guarantee, where they're going to have to be pitted up against each other, or is something else going to happen? So, in terms of, in terms of, I'd, I'd actually have to say, this is a pretty high recommend for me, because it's just, it's fun, and it looks good, characters are a blast, and, I mean, even the story, like, I'm interested in the story, it's, you know, timeline is a little, like, I have a little gripe about that, but otherwise, it's a great watch so far, and I'm looking forward to more of it. Yeah.
1: I'm really enjoying it too. I just I hope it can carry that momentum. I don't I don't want it to die out or start rolling a little too slowly for the sake of character building. But I I am excited for it. But I, I think there's a pretty good lineup here with the exception of Eighth Sun. And uh we'll see where Digimon goes. <laughs> I'm I'm still weary on Digimon and Eighth Sun is a no go for me. But We'll...
0: Yeah. yeah i i stand by my uh next life is a villainous and tower of god being my primary recommendations eight sun is definitely out you left off shadowverse uh, but it's forgivable well uh well, well i haven't watched it yet so i'll, I'll give you my impressions next time okay uh, okay because i'm gonna watch it thank god <laughs> <laughs> All right. i love that you love this show so much Dude, i'm so excited i'm so excited for a card anime i,
1: I can't stress that enough i, I think that's what i All need right. is a card anime i need a new Yu-Gi-Oh one that's not really weird and on motorbikes and takes itself too seriously cuz it doesn't. It's not it's not way too intense and like grown ass man like over here shooting guns at each other while throwing blue eyes white dragons. It's <laughs> it's it's kids playing cards and they're just they're having a good time and it's it's nice.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to have check it out. Well, that kind of wraps up our our initial, you know, new shows of Spring 2020 anime. Uh, hopefully, there's been a lot of delays so far, so hopefully the ones we're watching now continue to be available. But I can understand they get delayed. Um, I know Digimon's already been delayed, One Piece has been delayed. Uh, I'm just hoping that Tower of God and and My Next Life as a Villain villainous uh, stay current. Here's crossing my fingers. But with that, we've kind of wrapped up our our you know topic of the week, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And Don't take us too seriously. Uh, Check it out yourselves. Uh, You can find most of these on Crunchyroll or uh, Funimation or even Hulu. It just really depends on which platforms. Uh, I know that Tower of God is only on Crunchyroll, so keep that in mind. Other than that, uh, that kind of wraps everything up for us, and we hope you guys really enjoyed it. And, Trey, give me a rundown of our usual outro. Yes, sir. If you enjoyed everything you heard
1: today, you can check us out on our usual streaming services or your favorite podcast source, being Apple iTunes or Stitcher or even Spotify. And with that, Stephen, I will see you next week.
0: I'll see you later, man. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye.